Hi, and welcome to another episode of Paza Sauti, the podcast with me, Sleek Lions and Liv Banks. Every month, lock in with us as we sit down with some incredible minds who offer unique, relevant perspectives on life, culture, business, music, design, and everything in between. With a focus on authenticity and relatability, we hope to inspire through meaningful conversation. At Paza Sauti World, we're cultivating a community of storytellers, artists, and innovators by creating a space where individuals can connect, collaborate, and grow. Being able to have these conversations is just the start of that. For this episode, we interviewed none other than Cohen Prince Fraser. Cohen is a pluralist by nature, for sure. He's an innovator, a thought leader, he designs, and the list definitely goes on. But every conversation that we have reminds me how his ideas seem to transcend temporal boundaries, which always stimulates my own incentive and enthusiasm. So with that being said, let's discuss. I feel like people who are successful as well, they have a way of being focused on what they have to do and their path and their growth. You can look at whatever, whatever anybody else is doing as a means of, okay, I'm going to push myself on, but not comparing yourself to whatever he's doing or whatever yeah. she's doing. And I feel like that's something you Most, do really well. Yeah. You, you have a way of just being like, this is what I'm going to do. This is my perspective. And that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, I think that's, that's definitely where I grew the most. When I literally woke up and you kind of have to be real with yourself again, but also very savage with the people around you and the people that are in the space that operate in and around you. Um, I'll just skim over because I feel like I've talked about this so much, even though the people actually wouldn't have heard what I've talked about. (laughs) Um, I said that I had a late realization in like August 2019 when I was away in New York. And I just fundamentally wasn't doing what I wanted to do in my life. Like a lot of people were just like, oh, we are doing such amazing things. But I knew deep down it's not what I wanted to do. So I knew I had to change things. And the most growth for me came when I just fundamentally didn't care what anyone thought about what I was doing. And ultimately, I didn't look to anyone else for verification i didn't look at anyone else for approval and it wasn't so much a chip on my shoulder like i'm going to do this to prove you wrong it was like let me look into myself and internalize why i believe i was put here and what i was put here to do and i feel like once you stop comparing yourself to those around you you actually open your eyes and realize it's the most humbling experience you realize how small you are in the world yeah and like looking at people around in your like in in your inner circle and even just slightly outside of your circle so for example like if i'm comparing myself to someone like a friend of a friend so one of your guys friends it's like no like you're not that important yeah it's like they're not that important and you're so not that important Mm -hmm. it's like it's like you may even be in a niche within your certain lane yeah but like there's 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 a doctor in london that doesn't know who i am there's a carpenter in like south africa doesn't know like it's like these people don't know who you are and they don't care everyone has their own lives like we're all in our own hyper realistic fantasy and everyone always has that kind of philosophy it's like are there eight billion people in the same world or there are eight billion different alternative worlds it's like whatever you want to think it's still i get where that saying came from Mm -hmm. it's like you you could rush past someone in rush hour you running for that train and you get annoyed that someone runs into you why is your day more important than theirs you don't know what they're doing you don't know what's happening in their family you don't know what's happening in terms of like their um their place in society their economic position like all of these things and i feel like once i clocked that and i realized that in order for me to be at the center of my own world in like 
a non-selfish way i have to only have time for myself mm -hmm. that's when i grew yeah. yeah that's facts because i feel like when you it's true though and it like true. it made me see it in a, like a in like a different way because when you are when you become a hyper realist or when you start to like realize that everyone's kind of like doing their own thing and like i'm actually not that important that comes along with you realizing that actually no one is no one is everyone is doing their same thing so why do i feel so like nervous or why am i right. doubting myself because everyone is doing the same thing and everyone is probably feeling the same thing and like even though I'm not that important, you, you know, everyone else is kind of thinking the same thing, got the same worries and everything. Yeah. So it's like, okay, what can I, what can I give to society and what can I, what can I put in myself that's original and that people value Yeah. without like feeling like kind of isolating myself in this bubble of like, ne like negativity and self-doubt mm. and comparing myself to people who you think it's making you feel like a bigger person when actually it's just not. I feel like if I had more time in the day to be like, check yourself, everybody feels the same way. Yeah. I probably wouldn't even have a feeling of doubt ever yeah. in anything that I do. Yeah. But I just feel like I don't have enough time. Like I never feel like I have yeah. enough time to be like, okay, sit down, pep talk, like you, like you can do this or whatever I need to say to myself. I don't have enough time to do that every single day. So like I get, yeah. I leave my house being like, oh. That's why I'm meditation yeah meditation oh. is an incredible you put me on that like yeah. as i said to you before i don't i have no idea what it's like to feel stressed anymore yeah like i don't even know what that feels like even though like i feel like i have so much to do i feel like i've, I've yeah. never had this much work to do in my entire life yeah but i have no feelings of stress like it's just pure yeah. peace and you know what i like i was like a little not analogy because it's kind of like all connected but when i feel stressed about like an essay that i'm doing or like a piece of work that i'm doing or when i feel stressed about work my first reaction is to read more mm. like it's to like go and read as many things as i can because i feel like that's you know like i'm so stressed i'm like haven't got enough information like this essay isn't going well like yeah. and then i just read more why it doesn't help like i know enough so and it's like relates back to I think pretty much everything. When you feel stressed, you're like the like the instinct is to like read more mm -hmm. or do more. Do more. Or like try and compensate for your stress. Like mm -hmm. I'm not good enough here. I'm not actually no, like just relax. Take a beat. Take a break. Mm-hmm. Because it is, oh, this sounds, you know, but it is actually inside of you. <laughs> she was going to say cliche. <laughs> I was going to say cliche. But the reason why things are cliche, because like, Period. and my guy, Yuval Noah Harari, Yuval. my prophet, he was, um, he was saying this. He was like, he's a historian. I like, I think I mentioned this before, but yeah, he's a historian. So his whole, his whole career is about learning new things mm -hmm. and like, exploring new things mm -hmm. and reading and da, da, da. and he was like when i started to meditate i started to realize that like the, the more that i read the more that i didn't just like i didn't actually find out that much more because like everything that i take in is to do with like how i interpret the world and yeah. like my own how i like visualize things and mm. how i put things into my own story mm -hmm. So I know so much. So when you start to meditate and like reflect without all of the bias, these biases and like yeah. 
stresses mm-hmm. going on in your head, you start to see things so clearly and Absolutely. you realize you have a whole body of knowledge that you just like weren't accessing. Yeah. Because there's like to every single fact that you know, there's a million different facts. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Big because there's like a million different ways you can see one thing. Yeah. So if he's like spent his whole life as a historian, he could meditate for the rest of his life and he'll, he'll learn so, so much, much, even if he stops reading now. Wow. And he was saying that and I was like, facts, wow. Wow. But anyway, Cohen, tell us what you do exactly. Like, what 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 exactly do you do? Like, what if you had a, to even as a pluralist, <laughs> can you actually fit that into like one sentence? You don't need to tell us exactly, but you know. Um. What's motivating you at the moment? Everything I work on, like I I think now I've got to the stage where I've designed my life to the point that I want it to be at. And I even tweeted this morning. Wow. Um, That's deep. I even tweet. I even tweeted this morning. Like everyone asks why I sleep four hours a night. It's because I'm just high on life. It's like nothing mm. else. It's not meant to be any that kind of cringy, like kind of sleazy. Get up, grind, go get it. Like you'll do it in your own time if you're motivated to do it. If you can find a way to envision your life, you'll find a way to design it if you really want it. And mm. it's like that's why it is. Like I don't take pride or like that kind of as Matthew Walker would say, that kind of badge of honor for sleep deprivation. I wish I could sleep more, but it's just something that I don't do right now because I don't really value it in comparison to what I do for my companies. Mm -hmm. Um, So break it down, shift, um, original shift um, is basically, I mean, a new gen 360 media publication, that's me kind of downplaying it, but it's hard to explain. <laughs> it's no, it's hard to explain. But yeah. it basically works to contextualize the present through the past and we explore everything, like the cross intersection between art, design, architecture, media and fashion. Um so that's got a multitude of facets to it. You guys can go check it out in your own time. Um Yeah, it's sick. And um then I have last pick, which I mean as day by day it changes. I'm not really a massive fan of the fashion industry anymore. Like I love everything that came from it. Mm -hmm. So we're just completely changing the direction of that. It's not gonna be a traditional brand, it's gonna like made to order, high quality pieces, stand by the name last pick. Like I want you to buy one of these things and it lasts the whole of your life. I wanna make stuff that that I can hand down to my kids, otherwise I don't wanna make it. Um, I don't really want to be caught up in like fast fashion and the planet's kind of tapped right now as it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Understatement. <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah, of course, of course, of course. And then I just have my own design agency. I just design under my name, like um, trained in industrial design and graphics design. So I literally had this, I, I interviewed someone for my platform before, he was my mentor, Daniel Bailey. And he gave a very good analogy on what industrial design is. He literally said it's a, the one degree in which you can pick up a pen and a, um, a pen and a piece of paper and design whatever the fuck you want and just hope it pays off. <laughs> and it's kind of funny that he said that because it, you really can with industrial design. Um, even myself, I had the misconception that it was a specific thing or like it was just like machine orientated learning. And in fact, it, you could literally design anything. Industrial design teaches you more about a process and how to um, take a, take an idea and turn it into a tangible product. From that's from like sketching to like CAD design to 3D modeling to rendering. So with that itself, I feel like once you understand that, that it, that drove me to do everything because it's like I almost feel like I have a superpower in the fact that I know mm-hmm. how to take something from my mind and actually make it as a functional product that will add value to society. So that's that that a, that in yeah. kind of a nutshell, like my even my companies work as an ecosystem of me. Like if I wasn't a designer, I wouldn't be able to run any of these companies because even yeah. with Shift, it's more so like. I architect shift, like I have amazing copywriters, I have amazing editor in chief, but like it all comes from 
everyone's minds now but it's more like i design what it's going to be and then it gets executed like that yeah so yeah uh, i can't really i've not really worked on shortening it down i don't know that, yeah. that was my that point was, yeah that was my point i think you have your hands in so many different fields that it's just being able to pick your brain is is um yeah amazing yeah it's amazing like because i think as i was saying before like it's cool to be creative but if you can't implement it's almost irresponsible because what's the point of having all of that talent and and the amount of ideas that you do and not being able to implement or even to affect somebody else's life meanwhile you're doing that on a crazy scale yeah. with so many different platforms it's i think it's incredible um but i want to know why you chose design as your perspective or the way you wanted to see or the way you you approach everything as you said like you architect everything that you do but why do you think you gravitated towards um design and not as you said fashion is not really your thing but why design because design fundamentally architects everyone's lives whether they whether they agree with it or not like mm. everything you subconsciously interact with every single day has formed from some has been birthed from some form of design whether yeah. you like it or not whether it's shapes forms open spaces with architecture whether it's the way that like light and light light trajectory hits a certain building again it's like everything in this world has been architects and it's been built for us yeah. and i feel like once i understood that it's almost as a design you have the cheat code to then take a part of life and design it yourself mm. and i feel like i, I wouldn't want to do anything else because i feel like everything else you kind of work within a system and you work to oil the system and the cogs and you move around it's like no i, I want to build my own machine yeah well and i and guess I think, that's the way that i approach it i think it's so amazing that like so that you can put your idea like that you've you put your idea, something in your head, like something non-tangible and then make it tangible. Like from, like, cause you get ideas from sensations. So essentially yeah. like you're putting your sensations into something incredible and tangible. Mm. I mean, Which I think is such a cool idea to me. I don't know. I just think that's so cool. Incredible is kind, it's questionable. Other people may think otherwise. Um, <laughs> but, but I mean a lot, like, you know, it's kind of just like the, the basis of design in general, yeah, being a designer. Yeah. But like when you think about when you like think about when you look at design, when you look at anything, it's crazy that that was someone's sensations that they mm -hmm. formed into an yeah, idea which exactly. they made tangible. Like and then and I feel like people take that for granted when they live in anywhere, mm -hmm. especially like a big city like London with like the most incredible architecture yeah. and design. It's like that came from someone's sensations sensations and like a and feeling uh, like a, some like that's crazy right i i just refer such to such a every, beautiful thing yeah it's it, honestly like the, there's there's no more content feeling than like actually executing something and coming yeah. out the way it comes out but like, i just refer to everything i do um as just a stream of consciousness i just try to capture my stream of consciousness in everything i do yeah mm. that's and then that's facts. how that's how it gets executed because i feel like yeah. like you said earlier in as a, uh, people could have amazing ideas all the time but if you don't execute yeah like who's ever heard of a famous designer that's never executed anything exactly mm -hmm. um, like and yeah. as well with design as we were speaking before the podcast like ironically i studied um economics and law at university so it's completely like a right field of this but um that helped because i said i feel like personally the the greatest innovators in the world had to have a balance between the left and right side of their brains and i feel like that then primed me for doing this because as well 
I was always kicking myself when I first didn't study design. When I found it, I was like, my whole world changed. And I was just like, damn, I'm never going to be able to work even to get experience at like a design firm or work there for a year to build myself up credibly to start my own thing. And I just thought to myself, but why do I need to prove to these people that I can do it? If I can perfect the craft the same way they did it, why do I need to hear it from someone? It's like, I almost feel like I'm more of a pure designer because I wasn't in a classroom being taught a certain mm. type of way to learn. Mm-hmm. I consumed literally every single thing I could find. And as long as you still adhere to and respect the core principles of design and what came before you, yeah, then you're going to execute to a high level, especially if you're a perfectionist. That's incredible. Yeah, that is. That's actually incredible. So you like you did economics and you studied mm. economics mm-hmm. and law. Yeah. So you're self-taught, basically. Yeah. So, like, so, 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 you, you, I mean, from even like the conversations that we'd have like before we start, like before we started recording, like about. I don't know, currency and all of that. And then like your design as well. That's all you've dedicated like so many years to teaching yourself. Like from from a place of, you didn't have a checklist. You didn't have like someone telling you like the, which books to buy, where to look. Like, how did you do that? Because like to, to some, I mean, even to me, like I, it's difficult to know where to start when, you're teaching yourself stuff and like where to find the initiative to start and to motivate yourself when you're not being spoon fed with, you know, information or like in academia. So yeah, how do you think that started? How did you find that initiative? How did you do it? Give us the cheat code, come on. Yeah, give us the cheat code. Everyone's different, aren't they? Um, People do say to me like, I don't know how you do it or like, I, mm. what keeps you going I, I'd be lying if I said I knew myself like I said to you guys in the, pod, the previous podcast like I feel like I'm blessed that I don't have any um, fears or anxieties and that was probably due to what I told you about off the podcast mm-hmm. after it finished like just being connected to my heritage and knowing what the hardships that my family yeah. had gone through mm-hmm. I feel like personally I don't have the right to have mm-hmm. anxieties or fears they had real fears they feared yeah. for their lives exactly. they feared like they, they feared for every single thing their next hot meal if they were going to have a roof over their head mm-hmm. so for me to be born in this yeah. era to have come up in a stable family like stable household I've not really got anything to complain about yeah. so it's like when I when I really flipped the switch was when like I said when I started self-teaching myself I just became obsessed with just information like i like valued information more than anything Mm. like i wanted to consume at a rate which wasn't humanly possible yeah um and the thing is everyone told me i couldn't even my closest friends and my family like you can't consume that you can't do this you can't do that you're doing too many things at one time but i was never a guy that was just like i never got angry at them like oh you're a hater i was just like cool i'm just gonna keep doing my thing during the day you do your thing during the day and We'll see if it works. It's literally, literally, it was literally that simple. But it goes back to our first point. Like that, like being hungry for information and then fusing that with not giving a shit what anyone thinks. It's a a serious recipe. Like it's a snowball. It's a superpower. It's being able to like not care about what anybody else is doing and just focus on your focus. Yeah is incredible like i feel like that's one thing i'm working towards like every single day like once i get to the point where like i am so content within myself that yeah nothing else matters i feel like i will be elevating on a on a rate on a rate that i won't even be able to 
to like understand yeah like so and that yeah me too i mean that's like ultimately the goal yeah but i think a massive part of starting in that direction is learning how to cope with failure a hundred percent um and realizing that it doesn't mean that you're dumb or that you're less than or anything not capable or that you're you know not gonna make it or succeed every single person who has succeeded has cultivated the thing that is failure they've learned Mm. to learn from exactly each failure Mm. exactly and then like developed tactics in order to get where they are yeah for sure yeah i i I guess what it comes down to is well for for, for, for me anyway Mm. is um what do you define as failure Mm. if i learn if i've learned more what is failure in the end then what i'd learn at the start i just see it as a diversion mm. like that, that that's how i just see everything wow. like for shift for the first year a I, learning lesson yeah like like shift like a few people know what shift is now like i still see the numbers as minuscule like but again that's because i don't i don't see it as now as in like the inner city of london like people are oh your platform has a hundred hundreds of thousands of followers it's like cool but there are eight billion people on the planet like <laughs> that is a drop in the ocean <laughs> yeah but it's like for the first year it's like people were seeing all of these platforms like they were getting like the same amount of work rate but like it, it, it's i listened to a really really good podcast yesterday morning when i was on the run so i'm kind of glad i came back for this <laughs> and i'll finish this point he was basically talking about exponential growth mm. yeah. and that's just how a lot of places go like how we see for example actors pop out of nowhere musicians pop out of nowhere never is and if you guys can't see my hands are in the quotation yeah 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 it's um, never that it's never people are working for years behind the scenes and then it's it's fundamentally what i believe in with everything i do you just add value and not expect anything yeah and then ultimately people will return the favor it it becomes full circle but if you ever act out of like wanting something in return from the offset like you're doing it a for the wrong reasons and mm-hmm. b nine times out of ten you're going to be disappointed because your returns never come around as quick as you plant the seed yeah mm. yeah wow. um but yeah that's it's, it's, very very true that's a big gem like that's a big gem right there yeah my goodness but what but where where how, how was i able to drop that gem from learning through failure yeah Wow. Like I've, I've had many companies before, like even before I quote unquote came into the industry, it's like that didn't work out because all I was doing was either chasing money or I was chasing the wrong things. And mm-hmm. it's just like, you just have to take a step back and just like, but would you be like, for me, it's like, would I be proud for my kids to go to school and tell their friends what yeah. I do? Yeah. Or like, would like, can I hand this off to my kids? Like, is this generational? And it's like, well, for me, when I really took a look at myself, it's like, that's why even now, as of yesterday morning, I changed the trajectory of one of my companies for where I want to go because it's, I was doing it for the wrong reasons. Mm, yeah. And it's like, I feel like people, it's not so much about how much you fail, it's how you address failure and how exactly. you digest yeah. failure and then how you implement necessary change yeah. to then avoid that. I, be, I mean, yeah. no one can ultimately avoid failure Oh, it's, no. it, but it's how it's you if you were avoiding failure then i would how do you even how do you even grow yeah like yeah if you didn't ride a bike and fall down how were you meant to learn how to ride but that what's bike? crazy is that like this kind of shows how powerful failure is and how important it is and the way you see it and well, react to it is so important this is what i was going to say because i like i said in the last podcast i have like 
I, I find it difficult to deal with failure. Like mm. if, like I'm not the type of person, you were saying that, Cohen, you were saying you were the type of person where someone's whispering in your ear, you're like, you're shit at this, you're shit at that, you can't do this, you can't do that. You'll be like, yeah, I can't prove them wrong. Yeah. I'll be like, you're so right. I'm about to quit no, everything right now. No, like no, that. no, but listen, because even though I was that type of person, still, every time I failed, I would do better the next time. Mm. Just because of how much you learn. Like, even though my approach to it was, like, questionable and it was, like, not a good approach and I would feel like, oh, like, I can't do any, you know, like, nah, let me just quit right now. If it was something that I couldn't quit, this, like, this kind of, like, this was probably more effective when I was in school and I had to go back and, like, just do it anyway. But, like, just learning, knowing what I did wrong and, like, learning from it is enough to, like, make me do ten times better the next time. But then I guess it's different when you're doing something which is a complete choice. Like as if if you quit there and then, then it would be completely done. I guess it's different. You have to have a different approach. And I guess like having a, a positive approach to failure plus learning from everything that you did wrong together, you've got like the ultimate combo. Yeah. Very but it's such a powerful thing that even if like subconsciously you're like, it's making you feel like yeah. you always learn from it. And then you'll like, you know, anything, every time I do something badly at something, I'll always do better the next time. Exactly. Even if like it was a subconscious thing, mm -hmm. as long as I'm like taking in what I did wrong. Yeah. So then if you like cultivate the best possible approach, you like create the best possible tactic to dealing with failures, like you're, you're, you're up, you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're going in a good direction. Yeah. But you guys told me to watch this um, Neri Oxman thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. I promise yeah. you, I watched it, and I, you know, all I've been thinking about when she was talking about nature and buildings and whatever it was, I was just like thinking about how like everything has a foundation. If it's a tree, um, if it's a fossil, it came from somewhere. Something was yeah. solid before something else grew. Mm -hmm. And I was just thinking about it being like, wow, like people really do think that things happen overnight or whatever it is. But like building a strong, solid foundation is so important. Like, yeah, even if it's with people you surround yourself with or the way you approach your work, just having a solid foundation is it's it's one of the most important things ever. Yeah. Um, why do you think they say compounding is the eighth wonder of the world? Mm. It's like people just see it in a monetary sense because that's what we've been taught to believe, mm. like controlled by money. It's like no compounding in any aspect of your life. If you do, I literally had this conversation with my brother this morning in the car. He was like, yeah, I believe that if you work really hard, you'll get there. But I also think it's down to like time, place, genetics, everything plays a part. And I was like, yeah, of course, because he gave the example like, okay, if you if you and then he named a really famous like wide receiver he's like if you two did this at this certain time in your life he'll probably get it because of his genetics he's six nine i was like well yeah of course yeah. but it's like we're not talking about specifics but i'm saying just general compounding in real life yeah if you apply to it the, the, the thing that takes people from being great to like memorable and really changing the world is like compounding with intention yeah it's like if yeah. you're compounding and you're respecting like i said and adhering as to what came before you digesting that and then diverting to make an astronomical change while still compounding like everyone else going above and beyond that's how you do it do you know what mm. i mean yeah mm -hmm. but, um, i had a really good i knew i was going to forget if i, I didn't <laughs> want to interrupt you um you said something what, what did you literally just talk failure. about failure 
yeah that was it and if like because i said I, I don't like to adhere to a certain kind of what is success what is not successful yeah but let me put it like this and this stuck with me and when i realized this it just completely changed my perspective who that's more successful than you that you look up to has told you that you shouldn't be taking risks mm-hmm. no one who no has one. told you that you're a failure that's more successful than you no one it's the people that are inferior and the people that see Facts. you as a threat and the people that tell you can't do something because they're not willing to take the okay risk let's build on that because that okay. is yeah, I knew you was here, wanted okay and let me add let me add something to that <laughs> liver's ready <laughs> just quickly just quickly just quickly prime example the most important and most helpful people in my life have been my mentors yeah. and it's like is it because it's a humanistic approach in which they don't see me as um competition yeah no i think it's because no. they're content in themselves and they've experienced life wow well yeah because if you're if they're teaching you and they're mentoring you then i guess you are the competition right but like it's not like that it's it, it's not like that because once you get to a certain level in your field or in life i feel like you just you you're, you're more yeah. content people like where does most of bullying happen and you in believe in yourself but where does bullying happen yeah, earlier on in life. Why? Because if you put thousands of kids that are insecure in themselves and don't really understand yeah. life mm. into four concrete walls, yeah. shit is gonna happen. Yeah. And it's like people don't understand these things. Like yeah. that's why like my dad always taught me from early, if you're gonna find a mentor, find someone that's at least ten times better than you. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. No serious. Otherwise you otherwise you're not compounding quick enough. And that's almost like I feel like that's kind of partly why we wanted to do this podcast because it shouldn't like we should have that dynamic between people who are both starting out and are both getting there because that like uh dynamic that you have with your mentors is incredible thing i'm sure you'd attribute like you know at least some of like where you are now to nearly all of it exactly nearly all of it so like imagine if we got to a point in society where like we could have that with one another. Exactly. That's the point where we're trying to get because, for example, if you walk into a room of people that you feel not, yeah, I guess threatened by or feel like you're in competition with or feel like, oh my God, they're doing well there. Like, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. Oh no, like, will they think that I'm not good enough type thing? You know, just general like social anxiety that a lot of people have, especially when they're, you know, trying to get somewhere. Um, if you believed in yourself, then that person would, there would be no hostility there. Like if you came to someone on a level of like, I don't want to say confidence because I mean like true confidence, like you genuinely like believe in yourself yeah. and you, then that person would believe in you too. Exactly. And exactly. that person isn't looking at you now, like thinking, oh yeah, like I'm um, so, you know, she's, yeah. down there she's not doing this she's not doing that if you like came like if you came into contact with anyone in your life mm. from a position of believing in yourself then, then they would believe in you this is so crazy i had this conversation like last night with my friend she was telling me she wants to start a business and she was like i just i have no idea how to do it or like if i should and i was just like believe in yourself first and foremost yeah. start there because then everyone else will just start there like i was just talking to, i was like just tell me about your business tell me what you want to do like yeah. let me see if, even if i can help you like believe in yourself first and i'll like i'll believe in you too like yeah. believe if you if you tell me what you want to do is like this is what i want to do this is where i want to do it i don't know how but I, this is what i want to do i will believe in you too 
Yeah. Like. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know why we don't do that, but. And then also to add to that as well, like. I also kind of do believe in like fake it till you make it. Yeah. And even if you're like, even if you aren't, because saying like fake it till you make it in terms of believing in yourself is not actually faking it. Because like having self-doubt is usually irrational. Mm -hmm. Because like anxiety is irrational. So when you have a self-doubt, yeah, it's usually irrational. You're usually bigging something up in your head. That's why you're having anxiety about it. Yeah. So faking it till you make it is actually just like bringing yourself back to reality and realizing like, okay, why am I anxious? Like everyone is, everyone else is like doing their same thing. And as I said before, like if you as an individual, it's enough, the fact that you are yourself and you are your individual self with your own beliefs and values and ideas, that's enough to give you, to, for you to be, interesting well not even it just for you to like you are valuable in and of yourself just having your own original ideas so like give yourself that you deserve the time of day to execute that if you just like believe in yourself because then everyone else will because you 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 are like the the essence of individuality is enough to make everyone valuable yeah and so like having all of these self-doubts you're not doing yourself justice at all it's not because you're not good enough. Yeah. I feel like so I just wanna, rationalize. With I want to get to a stage where I, where Cohen is right now, where like there's no such thing as fear. Like, yeah. Cohen is. Cohen, yeah. you can talk about how you, like you're. You know what? Let me just keep quiet because you have no fear of like most things, which is crazy. But I'm working towards it. Yeah, me too. It's not that I have. I don't have fear. I just don't internalize fear. Like, it doesn't make sense. Mm. It's like, I know so many people around me that have not achieved what they want to achieve because they've cared what other people have thought. And you were just talking about faking it till you make it. Again, I used to have that. I, I used to approach life like that. But it's just like, even the word fake implies unauthenticity. Why not? design your own world in which you're true to yourself from the offset and when i mean like so so everything you just said it's just a different terminology it's a different take on it again you're saying fake because you're adhering to what the socialist norm of what fake is it's like you why do you have to act a certain way when you can be real of yourself and with inside the world you have designed you are truly yourself Mm, like i didn't i didn't like i mean it, it, it it's it's the same terminology but you see like the, the 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 shift in thought gives you the utmost confidence it's like for a long time it's like even the way you approach that for a long time i was saying oh, i'm an inspiring industrial designer and then even my mentor turned around and said why do you keep saying inspire uh, aspiring and i was like because well, i'm not one he's like who's to tell you you're not one wow. he's just yeah. like he's just like do you know what my teacher taught me you're not an industrial designer until you sell something he goes before you even decided to do industrial design you'd sold tens of thousands of products, bro. Exactly. You've done more than some of even 30, 40 year olds have done because all they've done is gone into a firm, been too scared to do their own thing, and they live within the walls of making baby toys for a living. He goes, you went mm. out and built your own brands and then sold tens of thousands of products. He goes, you're more an industrial designer than 90% of the people I know. Wow. And it's just like, and he said, you did that designing within your own world for you and for the people around you that you think are as like-minded. And it's like, when he said that, I was just like, yeah, like all these things like, aspiring why do you say you're an aspiring lawyer because you're scared what a lawyer is going to think 
Wow. It's like, yeah, why true. do you say you're an aspiring musician? Because you don't think, you're like, automatically you're implanting fear and you're internalizing mm. it within your own ecosystem. Yeah. I just designed my own ecosystem. And don't get it twisted. Like, you, like it's like what we were saying earlier. You, you can design your own world, but you still need hardcore daily implementation of achieving goals yeah. to make that ecosystem then a reality. I like, like that. Like I couldn't have said, oh yeah, I want to like, I want to be a designer and then sit there and play Warzone seven days a week. Like I'm not going to become <laughs> a designer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, I feel like you have the right to say that when you can look in the mirror every single day and know that you have worked your hardest. And even if you haven't, we're all human, you know that you're still on the right path. It's like once you believe in yourself to get to somewhere and you know you're taking at least one step in the right direction every day, it's like, yeah, like that's how that's how my mind works. I feel like that's how a lot of other people's minds should work because once you design your ecosystem, you become a lot more content in yourself, you become a lot more confident. And then, like I said, the words like aspiring and fake don't even enter my, like, they don't even enter my matrix anymore. Like they're just, yeah. they're, they're just not there. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I feel like it's what you said, fake it till you make it. Where did that come from? It's like, more so it came from the superficial industry, which I will know is like yeah. not what we're on about. But I know what you mean. You're almost saying fake it till you make it because you're saying, okay, let me convince myself more so than anyone else that I'm going to get here. And yeah, 100% you have to do that. But why not just openly be like, okay, I'm not there yet, but yeah, I'm going to get gonna there. Yeah, I'm going to get there. Yeah. And then, and then when, when I clock that, I was just like, shit. Like, and that's one thing, again, that we talked about in the last podcast. Yeah, no, no, no one taught me that. Life punched me in the jaw. Mm. That was, it was literally as simple as yeah. that. Wow. Like, yeah. Like we a multi-dimensional hyper-realist. Exactly. Exactly, yeah. Like you're, you're, you're yeah. grounding yourself in your own beliefs in your own like self beliefs mm. and then implementing that in like an effective way by just like embracing yeah reality yeah 100 i feel like as well people are too scared now they say stuff with their chest like i've turned around to a multitude of people and told them about shift and then proceeded within two and a half minutes to tell them like oh if you don't know about this this is going to be the like the, the best new gen media platform you've ever seen like, i can guarantee that mm. But I can say that because I know how hard I and my team work every single day. And like we, 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 like we respect what came before, but we're trying to work like end to one vertical integration and like change. So like we aren't trying to just follow trends. We aren't yeah. just like if we're constantly striving to add value, value that has not been seen before as well, you will get to where you want to get to and you will become respected. And I feel like that is probably the only part of your ego that you should embrace, especially if you're actually like adhering to the daily actions that you say. Because I definitely hit, um, when I came to this real, uh, realization like of where I wanted to be, my ego definitely got killed halfway through the process. I was just like, because I didn't like where I used to be. I was like, I was doing stuff for people's approval. Mm. Um, um, I, I was kind of just playing a game. I was faking it till I make it. And I was just like, but I don't even want to be like any of these people anyway. Exactly. I was Whoa. like, what am I doing? Wow. I was wow. just like, I don't, I, like, I love yeah. these people as friends and like they all do amazing things. But me, like me on this earth, there's only one Cohen. And yeah. it's like, I don't aspire for me to do what any of these people do. So why am I trying to get their approval? It's like stepping out of that box. I literally just stepped out. I didn't say yeah. that, I specked out the spectrum. Like, and I was just wow. like, what is happening? Wow. Yeah. And then that's when I can f I find it in myself. I was like, yeah, I got lost. I didn't even get lost in the source. I just got lost. Like, yeah. So 
like you talked a bit about this tour, but I thought it was really interesting. Like the idea behind shift, mm. like that you were talking about that added value, the, yeah. the value. That, what is to that value? So I mean, again, this is ironically like shift is a full circle moment where I realized that we've never been in such a like hyper social society in which there, as we talked about before the podcast you've got advert after advert you've got problems with data privacy and leaking mm-hmm. you've got personalized adverts like every single time that you take headphones out what do you hear just noise when you put headphones in nine times out of ten you hear noise i put my headphones in sometimes just because they're noise cancelling <laughs> you still hear and noise I, and, I, and, I, and i don't listen to anything like I still hear noise even too. Like, but that'll get onto why I work through the night in a second. But yeah. um, all you hear is noise, and it's like I just wanted to take something that was known, as we talked about in the last podcast. Just I'm not going to go over it this time because I don't want to get into a tangent again. But just like a design philosophy, take something that is not too hard for the consumer to understand, and change it so it's not too different but it still separates you from the from, from the rest. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I can I can tell you girls off air about what the ecosystem is for the plan trip, but I can't go telling people right now what my plans are for the long-term ecosystem because people will look at me with Kanye when Kanye talks about Donda, like he's a crackhead, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like also at the same time, you don't want to reveal everything you're going to do because yeah. especially if you don't have the means to execute everything right now, which you'll be able to understand as well as a young entrepreneur. Yeah. It's like people go, oh yeah, but ideas are just ideas. No, I'm telling you, with, with media nowadays, big brands pay people to listen to younger entrepreneurs to see what their exactly. ideas are like. So um, so yeah, so like I said, taking something and changing it to be a bit better. And with everything, the way I got involved into it, again, the whole kind of scene, the intersection between like, I mean, just then it was just fashion and music and quote unquote, the terminology we use is culture. A lot of it was just, a lot of it, uh, wait, can we swear on this podcast? Sure. Yeah. Can we actually? <laughs> yeah, I, yes, I've sure. already sworn. <laughs> I've sworn twice. <laughs> this day and this day. A lot of it is just quite frankly shit. Like, I can't lie. It's just regurgitated information, just repackaged to just force feed the consumer the same boring, boring information. This shoe drops here. This rapper did this. Drake bought this yeah. car. Mm. like how much value are these publications adding to society and when i when i boiled it down to not a lot it made me think like do you have the right to say your culture like what is culture well yeah it's just it's a fine line between is it a lucrative business or are you guys that are advertising culture is that actual the terminology we've come to be known as culture appropriation Mm. are you just taking the best parts of every culture and just rebranding it and packaging it into some sort of superficial society to show people only the best parts of each culture. And that, I mean, that was just a tangent, but the main thing with Shift was just like, if you're at least going to give these people noise, educate them in the process. Wow. Educate the consumer about what they're buying, why they're buying it, like the core roots of why this came about, where uh, where the heritage is from as in like the design inspiration behind it. And I guess that all came from as well, the love of me with design and my brother, because he's the director, the, the, the like love of film from him. It's like things in the past were so beautifully told. There was always a story and a message behind everything. And now there's so much more media out there. What do we as humans do? We try to consume more, but nine times out of 10, 
you consume more, but it's only because you consume everything and you skim at a surface level. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then that's what's now led us to have like the poorest attention span that yeah. I've ever known to come of. Like, for example, we've all heard the, oh, we have a, we now officially have a worse tension span than a goldfish. Lots of low quality knowledge as well. But the thing is, it's like, it's, it's empirically affecting our society for the worst. Like, no one's going to clock it now, but our kids, we'll see it in our kids when we can't even get them to focus for five seconds. Like on average, every time someone sits down for four hours, they do 15 and a half minutes of focus work. Do you know how rattling that is? That's crazy. Do you know how rattling that is? Like that's that actually crazy. scientifically been studied for like the last 20 years wow. as social media has amassed since, since literally web, point, web 2.0 in 1995. In that's crazy. It's like, so how much productivity in society are we no, actually get as well. Like, because yeah, they're, what, depressed. what are they, what are they achieving in their day? What can you go well, home yeah, and Well, yeah, a distracted mind is like an unhappy mind. I mean, for sure. that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. But yeah, so, so, so we've shifted, like you said, poor quality, poor quality noise. I want to make sure that even if that's the one thing that person reads that day, they'll come to the platform like damn i'm happy i read that i've learned something new today yeah mm-hmm. and then that just started with just information from a love of things from a, like a plethora of things that taylor and i like which is the intersection between art design architecture music film fashion and the, the culture and we're now building that into an ecosystem so like we have for example a bigger media publication we have a production house in which we actually produce pieces which taylor leads out like just like storytelling narratives is at the core of everything we do i personally believe that like time is the most valuable thing which then fundamentally leads to if i if i but if i value time is the most important thing then someone else's time to me is also the most important thing so if you're taking the time out of your day to consume what i'm giving you i need to ensure that it has to be at least as high Mm. to a level which i would want to consume that information do you know Mm -hmm. what i mean i can't be so caught up on information and consumption of information and time if I'm then force feeding people shit. Yeah. And I guess like, again, that started from natural love. I was just sick and tired of the way that people were consuming at such a fast rate and no one was actually educating anyone else. Because what happens if we don't educate over time? We stagnate as a society. And we're sto- we're like homo, what's it, homo fabulans? Storytelling, indivi- which means like we're yeah. storytelling individuals. Mm-hmm. So like grabbing someone's attention through like authentic, meaningful story Yeah. is, the direction where which everyone is invaluable yes. like completely invaluable also like the problem of like authenticity in the digital digital age yeah that really restores authenticity because otherwise everything is just a copy of everything like a lucrative copy just like millions and millions of like lucrative copies yeah and then like what's the meaning behind creativity if that's like if that's going to be what we turn into yeah 100% I feel like again this probably sounds like I'm coming over and saying we're the god and saviour of like the culture like not at all <laughs> yeah. but it's just like we did this out of love and we still do it out of no, love no you're like, just like we yeah. like we hire a full team we turn down jobs on a weekly basis from brands big brands I'm not going to name drop on here because we don't think they add value to us so then what does that ultimately lead to us doing this is like something that we want to employ so much, but we're willing to just do it with no return just to give people value. Like someone's message in a day, but like this is not even saying superficial, like this is the best IG platform. But when someone takes the time out of their day to really tell me as to why they appreciated it and telling me as to how much they've learned, when someone tells me how much they've learned from my platform, it is by far mm. the most like heartwarming thing yeah. like that I yeah. can get because I value information so highly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like what, over time... I learn a lot from... 
I'm glad. Yeah, like I do. They're really <laughs> Shout out the team. Like they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're ca- an the captains are great. They're an amazing team. Like and the thing is like we, we, we haven't even started like a lot of the 90% of the stuff the back end stuff that we, we're now nearly ready to launch we've not even shown anyone but yeah like I have an amazing team they're all like minded as well and they're just built into my ecosystem do you know what I mean yeah when you can find people that value information as much as you do it makes their job a lot easier and like I said just hearing from you that you learn stuff it means my job's nearly done so how did you build your team like what were the struggles like yeah because I feel like that's one of the most important so, things yeah Again, like I think it came from just the passion and love of everything we do. Like they first of all just saw the vision and they believed in it. But like let's not let's not get it twisted. Like I like in in my team, and they will also say in my team. And you'll probably be like, oh, but why do you all say in my team? Because none of us see anyone as like above or below. Like we're all on one like lateral level. And I think that works to harmonize the team because everyone brings something different to the table. Um, we, I mean, I, I found them all through different walks of life. Like everyone's from different backgrounds. Um, everyone has different interests. Everyone has different jobs. But we're all unified by the fact that we believe society deserves better mm. information and context behind anything that they read, um, anything they consume. Like information is literally the key to everything. So yeah, that, that, that's kind of how we found them. I don't like, every time someone asks me that, how did you find your team? It sounds again, quote unquote, cliche. We found each other. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, like it, I, I only ever put out a hiring process for like if I need something that I don't have time to do. Like, can yeah. I have a video editor or can I have a graphics designer? Say I'm busy with another task. Yeah. But the people that are the core, that, are like, that are part of the co-founding team, like they like we literally just crossed paths. Like, I didn't search for them. Yeah, that's incredible. Find your people and hold. Hold on to them for for dear life. life. For real, all of them. Like, all of them. How did you, like... Because you mentioned this before and I thought it was really interesting. Like, getting everyone to be on, like, the same page and, like, understand not your philosophy, but, like, your... like Your vision. uh, Your vision. Where you want to take... Where you think things should go. Yeah. The, The beautiful thing is, if you take the time to explain it, then once they clock it, they can add more value back to you. Like I really, oh, it only really hit home last year when my dad kept saying to me like, you can't do this all yourself. And I was like, no, you really can. You really can. You can if you're doing something superficial and just for yourself. Like I, I know it sounds wild, but like even as an athlete, it's a very selfish sport. Even if you're in a team because you only have to be the best. And then what happens when you're the best out of everyone? You get put on a better team. Yeah. yeah. And then what happens if you're like the best in Google, you're the best coder, you get put on a better wow. team. It's like, whereas if you're building so something organically, it's like you are literally only as strong as your weakest member. And I feel like once I adopted that philosophy, it's like we have people on the team that are still in the team now that didn't know anything about streetwear, didn't know anything about culture, but they might have known a lot more about music than me. They might have known a lot more about the grime mm-hmm. scene than me. They, they, like, they may have just been amazing copywriters, like straight, like university, like flawless, like English lit writing, but they don't know anything about the culture. But then that's almost a disrespect for me to not teach them about it because if they don't know what they're talking about, they're never going to be able to actually... Um, find a way to get that authentic shift voice. Do you know what I mean? And like, don't twist it. They've taught me so much as well. Yeah. Like, as long as everyone is adding value to everyone, then we're all harmonious. And I get it's very easy to teach people that are willing to learn. Mm. Yeah. But that's the hardest thing because yeah. everyone thinks they know everything, 
or people just don't want to learn new like, things. Or people like they withdraw yeah. knowledge because, because they're like, they're scared that, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, like people definitely think, and especially at the age that, I mean, especially, especially in like your young 20s, everyone thinks as long as they, as soon as they come across a gem or a dime, they have to store it away because why? May, are they insecure in their position as to where they are in society? Like you're still finding yourselves like, again, cliche, life is a journey, but definitely in your 20s, life is a journey. Yeah. You, 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 even after university, you literally have the world at your feet. But what does that also mean, especially if you have the bigger vision? I, I, I never wanted to go into a day job. I knew I was never going to work for anyone else. But that's almost overwhelming because I'm like, okay, I don't have a pre-existing business. I don't have any pre-existing team members. Obviously, I was very fortunate for like me and my older brother like that. But um, so we, we obviously go into every business together. But still having a family member doesn't make it any easier to find a team, build a yeah. team, find a vision, mm-hmm. build an ecosystem before you can then even hire that team. Mm-hmm. That takes years. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people just aren't willing to do that because people, the humans by nature, want to find the most comfortable and easy route. Yeah. So, Cohen, why is crypto so important? <laughs> why is who? Crypto is so oh, important. Why crypto? Oh, she, she, her. Crypto. The lady. She just the dropped one. it. Why is crypto <laughs> so important? That's what one. everyone wants to know. No, I'm joking. I mean, do you want me to go into it quickly? Um, Why not? Yeah, why not? I, I'm going I'm to try. Yeah, let, let me try a recollection of Let's test like, my let's hypotheses. Try. Let, let's try three <laughs> If you truly minutes. understand it, you'll be able to do it in a minute. Let's test my hypotheses. Uh, a minute? Do you know how big this space is? <laughs> well, well... Um, okay. No, well, like, I mean, cri- cri- crypto is so important because it is literally like the next internet boom and financial institution all in one. It's going to be the most, not only lucrative, but like mind-changing mind-bending and like societal changing platform innovation that has happened within our lifetime everyone that's at the forefront of any kind of technology any kind of business brand it's like it's not a once in a everyone's literally saying it's not in a once in a lifetime opportunity it's a once in a species opportunity and people are saying that for a reason that's big we've always backed as much as people go the world's not running money the the world is running money like the, the the world has to be governed by something otherwise everyone would just do whatever the fuck they wanted to do like mm-hmm. how do you spend your time normally it's governed by money why do you learn mm. because you get a higher paying job why do you work at a supermarket because you get paid how do you live somewhere better how do you achieve the highest highs in life nine times out of ten you need money yeah um yes and but what is money money is just an iou that's printed on a bit of currency that back in the 16 15 said whatever hundreds we want to go with in different places in the world let, let's go with pangea people used to exchange goods for goods but because there was no kind of recollection or holding of what something was, we had to have something that stabilized a currency. You tra- you exchange a certain thing for a certain thing. They, that then became paper because we all realized that carrying around metal was stupid. Um, they then became IOUs. IOUs and the way the world's run is now centralized and controlled by, let's say, a selective hand of people that we don't know who they are. Yeah. You have these massive famous families that we just know of roughly. Um and they control the way that this whole world works from a piece of paper. It's kind of a bit rattling. Um, and crypto, as simple as it is, is just decentralized. It's like finance has always been centralized. It's always been in the hands of the mighty few that determine what what something is worth, which then inherently implies they, they, they tell a human what they are worth, what their time is worth, how to control their lives. Um, and if something's decentralized, what does that normally mean? 
there's 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 no power no one person has a say yeah Yeah. and you equalize like crypto is equalizing society as we know it and it is literally going to be bigger than gold in two years let's just say that and then what happens then it's like everyone realizes that once you're decentralized you're your own bank you have governance of your own money you aren't controlled by any kind of government like the world will ultimately be a better place that again sounds very cliche like i'm not on here to talk or promote it to anyone but it's like once you understand not only about what the like cryptocurrency is as well like the actual value of it but how everything can be decentralized that's when your mind gets blown we were talking before this podcast about information yeah and data privacy and i was going to talk to you guys about a few companies it's like within the next year with a few of these companies that like i was fortunate enough to be an early investor in like they allow you to control all of your own data anything about you that has ever been put out on the internet you control it and you can monetize it at your own will no one has access to that it's like just those simple things those clicks like everyone has a right to their own stuff but we've always been taught that like no you like we own this we own you like you live here you pay this rent like you you pay this like it's like why does someone have so much control over what we do for the whole of our lives from the moment that you're born to the moment you're put in a casket yeah and it's like the word like talking about it like as decentralized is really interesting because it's true like i guess with crypto there's no central bank controlling like in like interest and the, so, 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 obviously, something can be decentralized. But if, if something's decentralized and it's just decentralized and there's no actual kind of accountability, we like this whole world will just turn into what's that? What's that film called where everyone gets to kill everyone for like twenty four hours? Um, purge. Yeah, purge. like like the, like the, just anarchy. Yeah, yeah, the world will turn to that. So it's like, why not have a decentralized what we would call a blockchain? in which every single piece of information can be stored on there but once it's stored in there it cannot be altered it cannot be manipulated so and the thing is it's all completely accessible so it's like people can see exactly what people have done on this blockchain people can see not to the extent of how much someone owns but it's like people can get paid interest rates for loaning their money to other people in the ecosystem and you can see how much someone has loaned and it's normally called like a proof of work or proof of stake so there is structure but no one owns that structure it's literally the blockchain works as a, a harmonious system for everyone to have digital receipts of what they've done, what they own. So it's still like this, but like there, there's there's no one bank that tells you to send money overseas. You have to pay this. You have to wait 10 days to receive your money. You get paid every 30 days. Everything's instant. And it's just wow. like, why should you have to give up your time to get rewarded for it in a month's time? Yeah. Period. It's just like, like it's, that's what I'm saying. Like when someone says try and explain, I like I, I hate the way that people explain it on like podcasts where they just assume you'd know what it is. Like yeah, it's decentralized finance. Okay, is it well, a bit like be- freehand, like Adam Smith times a thousand? Yeah, like no, but so what I'm saying on these podcasts, people already assume that you have to have an in-depth knowledge of it, and you've been in the space since 2010. When I'm like, when they're like, oh, describe crypto, they're like, it's the future, bro. It's decent. Like that's not going to win anyone over. Yeah. Whereas if all. you tell someone that like, yeah. this could arguably, <laughs> the, oh my god, it the amount of times I've back heard then. that. Never, that's for when me. I've like, been at a party and yeah. someone's like, no. Everyone crypto. I spoke crypto. to was like, yeah, oh my god, it's the next big thing. <laughs> it's the future. Yeah, like how how am I meant to know what, like anything yeah. from what you just said? Like, yeah. how does that help me in any way? But but yes, yeah, then it's again, it's like taking context and applying. Like, it's like I like it's like not just telling someone what it is. It's like mm. telling them how it's relatable to them. Exactly. You know what I mean, exactly. But it's like yeah, like so you. The, but you said okay, go on. No, no, no. Go. I was gonna say that you said you've been studying this before you actually put it into practice and you took the 
initiative to engage yourself in it oh, with your finances you made sure you were aware yeah yeah of, of course growth. because with any great change like with any great change comes a great risk but also ultimately a good, like a great reward as well so i knew that going into it and i was like okay well i'm not like again like i did it the same way i run any of my companies i don't go into it for the monetary gains yeah, yeah. i go into it because i want to be a part of like the future mm-hmm and yeah, it took me it took me months of research before I even put a pound into there because I was just like, I don't know what this is. Like, if you, if you don't understand what something is, why are you invested? Yeah, it's it's the way that everyone's been taught society. Like, yeah, like yeah, you're you're kind of being. Let a me go. And let, I'm, I'm gonna FOMO in. Like, no, it's just like once you understand the space, you realize how to navigate it. Yeah, and like you realize how beautiful the space is, and I appreciate it more for what it was doing for society. Then it was going to be doing for my back pocket mm. and then once you start to add value explain it to other people and i explain to people why they can do it what then happens as an, like, an ultimate effect of that it starts to reward your back pocket yeah. but like that's not your main driver and mm. i feel like that's why i'm quite passionate about the space because i don't go oh this is my golden ticket yeah. let me just try and get everyone into it so i can pump my own but like, i don't need to do that mm. yeah. yeah when like when do you think you know when the right time because you are obsessed you're a guy who's obsessed with time like you're yeah. obsessed with yeah, yeah. about like knowing right planning oh, yeah, it'll be running on here but obviously because the screen's unlocked but he's it's got, there, yeah it's definitely running on there like <laughs> he's got time running on his laptop <laughs> on, on his, his phone, wrist on his phone on his like watch. he has an annual countdown on his laptop like <laughs> so how do you balance your time to let yourself grow in a place of like relaxation can I add something to that yeah but also to experience the now yeah that is they are very because because your, your head is like because you were saying how you know you're not an anxious person but it's funny because being an anxious person is like being obsessed with time, time. Yeah. like that's essentially what it is like mm-hmm. when I'm most anxious is when I most got myself stuck in the future and I need to always bring myself back down yeah. to earth but you seem very planted you know grounded yeah but because i realize what i can do with time and when i realize that i don't see it as being anxious i always just have an opportunity cost of every single thing i do mm. being here what's my opportunity cost yeah i realize the value outweighs the opportunity cost which is why i'm here yeah. if, if it doesn't you won't see me it's i think i think it's a <laughs> i think it's as simple as that yeah. but um a lot of people get anxious about time when they don't have a compass oh. and you get anxious about time because wow. you can that run. is so true wow. once you have a compass you know where you need to go and you have a time frame yeah so like like even for example a, a few of my mentors which i'm now That's for so my business true. Partner, wait can we just yeah you, we just can we just settle on, on that because when i'm when i you're only worried about like you're only really worried about the future when like you don't know wow. i never like when i know the direction that i'm going in and i'm like feel excited and sure about something i don't like it even time if doesn't bother happens, me. It doesn't. It doesn't bother me. Like even if something like, like something weird happens that I didn't plan for, it doesn't. It doesn't bother me because yeah. I know ultimately where I'm trying to get to. Yeah, that's so important. Small, small. And you use it to your benefit. Like wow. whereas when you don't know where you're going, it's really you feel like you have zero control over the future, like your time. Mm. I guess. A hundred percent. Put it like this, and I'll just show. I'll show you in this because you can see it on the screen. Um, a prime example. It's just something, something so small and something so narrative. If I delete the chart, let me check. It's just like in everything in life, if you can plan it, nothing should phase you. 
because everything should be road mapped out right in front of your eyes. Wow. Prime example, I'll show you. Oh no, I won't. It will move it. It will move it. But you can see there, the, like, and I won't meditate on this for too long. That graph there. Mm-hmm. After understanding how the psychology works, this graph here was planted by me four days ago. So I didn't need to overcomplicate and get stressed about what I'm buying or what I'm selling because I'd mapped it using a using an algorithm to allow me to pinpoint exactly when that would happen today. And it's yeah. like, then a bit, but it's like that's how you approach wow, life. Like I wow. told my younger brother last night, he was stressed and he was out and he was drunk being a uni student. <laughs> and he was like, I think I'm going to sell this. And I was like, I forgot to tell him I planted this. I was like, bro, just wait till 11 a.m. tomorrow. Call me at 11.03 today. And he's like, it's gone up. I was like, yeah, I know. And he was like, I was so stressed. And it just made me think like, if you have a compass, there is no need for you to be stressed or concerned about time because you have mapped out what is going to happen. And oh. people are never scared of what they can see. But wow. there's like I feel like ninety percent of what happens to anyone is out of their control. No, I don't believe that. Really? No, because if you control your environment, then there's but very how much can you control your environment? It depends as to what you let into your environment. But sometimes you just can't. <laughs> like what? I don't, true. No, no, because no, like, no, we were just talking about this in relation to friendships. Yeah, and I'm, I've just been thinking about what you just said in relation to people. In relation to people, just being able to. If you don't want bad energy in your space, or if you don't want bad energy around you, why do you have bad people around you? Yeah. Just as simple as that. Yeah. Like, why would you even do that? Just, yeah, wow. But, yeah. I mean, in terms of getting, I don't know, like, meeting the wrong person at the wrong time, or, like, getting rejected from something which... Like dealing with failure, failure is always unprecedented unless you didn't put your all into something and you like were like, yeah, no, that's not gonna go well. Yeah, of course. Like that type of thing. Yeah, of course. But like as as we spoke earlier, like you can internalize stuff, but you you can't be naive to not letting things into your ecosystem. You, you like I can't be like I've designed the perfect I've designed the perfect ecosystem. Things can't go wrong. But again, if you have a compass you naturally also allow for things to go wrong. You have a buffer with everything you do. Like yeah. every human can be like, this is going to be done by this point. We all know that stuff could go wrong. But at the same time, you have to then, like if something goes wrong, the people that are less stressed are people that have a time horizon beyond that current time horizon. Yeah. If you're always planning in advance, you can always account for like anomalies. Mm. And I feel like that's since, like, since I like to do that, if something completely throws me off it's just like it is what it is and i feel like a lot of the stuff you were saying earlier as well letting stuff into into your world yeah how you internalize that with within like a snapshot will like affect like you and the rest of your day and i feel like if you just brush things off but internalize them very quickly that's also a superpower like i could have let these two crashes that were that delayed me by three hours on the way here have caused me to have like a half-assed podcast with you guys, which yeah. then would have left you guys feeling like, oh, he wasn't as good as the other day. Yeah. And then what does that do? Gives a poor quality podcast to hundreds, if not thousands of people that mm. are watching this. Yeah. So it's just like, again, you just got to like digest yeah, what yeah, has okay, happened to you yeah, yeah. and yeah. internalize as well that my actions could then have the ability to affect thousands of people. Yeah. You take yourself out and you go, you're not really that important. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like once I did that, it's just like, if things go wrong, I have backup plans. Yeah. I have time horizons, I have compasses, and I can internalize. And I feel like once you have that, 
all in your own little ecosystem there isn't much that i feel like could throw me off anything yeah but that takes that takes what does it take failure mm-hmm. it's a, it's yeah a, it's a failure is the cycle. key it's actually the key and what once you embrace failure is when you grow the most i know yeah. people say it when sounds some joe yeah. rogan ass podcast but it's true <laughs> man it's true but it's again true. who yeah. do you who do you hear all these cliche sayings from yeah. nine times out of ten is people that are far more successful than yeah. what exactly. we would yeah. determine exactly was it like who came up with these cliches people before us why because they've experienced success. life before us wow. yeah facts wow. facts you know cohen when you talk about adding value to people's lives even in the way that you've spoken in the last hour and a half like i feel like i have been enriched so much like i'm yeah. not even kidding it's when people talk about the way they do things or their how they're so authentic you genuinely it just comes about in the way that you are and the way that you speak like i feel like in this podcast alone we've learned so much about time and motivation and failure and i don't even just having a mindset of of growth and success in one hour and 20 minutes like that is incredible yeah like honestly like i am almost i am speechless how many how many hours have we been having like deep meaningful conversations in the well, last going? three days alone we have just five been t- six hours like more? it's crazy like and we have, i have learned so much yeah it's ugh. and it's like even though it's been like similar topics like for some reason it's like something it just keeps building and you just building. you get deeper and you learn more yeah. and more and more and more and more i hope after this whole covid thing that people come back to a place of actually wanting to have those meaningful conversations because I'm i miss praying. i miss sitting somewhere i don't even know it, it could be on a bus stop or in a bar and just be like so what are you doing yeah what do you like what is this like you're doing yeah. music yeah talk to me about it let me understand your mindset your perspective yeah where you want to go your influences whatever you want to do let me feel that yeah the way you feel about it i want to feel it too we said like we we hope that like after like when we all see each other again it's like getting to know each other again, again yeah, for facts. the first time i would love that i would really really happen. like that it's i happen. hope but i also feel like it's our it's our duty to like i mean it's quite a savage well it's a savage perspective i have on life i won't engage with people that haven't changed mm, because yeah. i'm not trying to be bought whether i think i'm above or i'm below them i it's just a different level but like, yeah. i never see myself as above someone i'm just on a different spectrum you yeah. were like yeah. you're not even in my lane mm. i mean it from an actual sense we're just in different lanes exactly yeah. like none of this There's kind no of i'm in the higher lane mm. it's just like if, if you if you don't vibe it would be with a me meaningful. yeah like i'm not gonna fake it like yeah. if, if you if you don't add value to me i'm not gonna do it and everyone's like yeah and the thing is i've fallen out of a few friends because they're like oh you don't um you feel, feel like i don't add value to you it's just like everyone has the right to feel like you don't add value everyone has a different perspective of what a friend is do you know because what, I mean? what, what do you think value is like if you think if they think value is like financial or like business value then yeah fine maybe that's a bit savage but like mm. if someone doesn't add value to me then yeah cool bye then because like, i'm not just talking about material value i'm talking about like yeah emotional value yeah, literally exactly like if you if you don't add value like there's even if, as you like you like there's no reason why you should still feel like you wanted to be you want to be in this relationship yeah there's like for whatever thing you're gonna gain out of yeah. it it just it'll be dead at the end of the day it'll be nothing yeah like yeah but i hope things change no because i feel like it's not as savage as you think 
I feel like everyone, I mean, maybe not everyone, but like, I definitely feel like I'm like that. I will, like, I can not fall out with someone, but like, I will like leave a friend. Like, I will, I'll just, yeah, I'll distance myself very quickly and very easily. Yeah. Like not in a savage way at Never. all. Literally not at all. It's usually mutual. Yeah. But because we're not adding value. Literally, it and it should be never like weird be as hard like as people make it. Weird kind of materialistic yeah. sense of value. Yeah. Yeah, pe- people really get it twisted as to like, and people take things too personal as well. Mm. Oh my God, yeah. Oh like, like, my like gosh, way too, way too personal. But I, again, I think that's like, whether that's for me to judge or not, I don't know. I feel like if you have a compass in like, there, there's nothing wrong with being immersed in your own world. If you're immersed in your own world, you kind of cut off emotions to a certain extent to the outside world because in order for you to be in your purest form, you need to be in control of your emotions and you can't let others yeah. taint your emotions Yeah. if wow. they're not valid. Like if it's obviously like your family members or your partner, it's, it's like it's that they, they enter a certain level of your bubble, but I still truly believe that only you should be the person that's allowed in the nucleus of your own bubble. Because yes. if yeah. you're not, you're, you're letting someone else live part of your life. Mm-hmm. That's real. That's real. Yes. I, am, I asked you before if your friends um understand your way of thinking you were like that your little brother does yeah can you talk about that yeah like so i've i mean i've said to you guys before i literally feel like my little brother's a guardian angel he just he's he's always just been able to understand me and he's always been one of the most inquisitive ones from young like he'll rarely speak unless Mm. he's spoken to and it's almost as i was finding myself it's like he was waiting for me to find myself but not in a way that he was so wise or beyond his years because he'll still come to me for things now that I see in him. But it's just, I guess, that one person that's not judgmental is content in themselves. And even if they're not content in themselves, they have a compass from very early. Yeah. Like They know that things are going to be fine. They believe in the, who they are as a person, their morals. They may not know what they want to do in life, obviously, etc. But they know they're going to get there. I feel like he's very pure, which allows me to kind of just connect with him and he's one of the few people that I I can openly express my ideas with like no ulterior motive yeah whereas a lot of people will have an ulterior motive view where it's just suppressing your ideas because of their insecurities or suppressing your ideas because they want to execute it before you like there, there are so many things you can think about but at the same time it's very hard you can't become a narcissist you yeah. can't then go, I'm not going to tell anyone about my ideas. You need to find those people that will listen to you. But like, don't get it twisted. I very quickly realized how much value he added to me. So I made sure that I added a lot of value to him in a lot of different aspects because that's in how you keep the purest relationship going. It's the people that get value from you and then see that as you being like, the fruit tree. So they keep yeah. taking value, keep taking value. Yeah. Like at mm. some moment in time, all the fruit's going to be picked. Yeah. yeah and then if they don't have, like if they aren't watering you but they're just taking your fruit you're gonna die yeah mm. and it's like as long as you're both watering one another and even if they're in completely different ways you said one could be completely monetary like but that's not how i value but some, some people it could be like whatever yeah. and then some people it could be just completely intellectual it's like you at least both have to come to a common ground and understanding of how you add, add, yeah. add value to one another. Like if someone says to me, if I say to someone you don't add value to my client, and they go, yeah, I do. I'm here for you if you need me. But then don't comprehend that you don't actually really hit them up for anything in the first place. 
that's an invalid form of value added. Like I yeah. have a lot of friends that will be like, oh, but I'm, you know, I'm always here. If you, yeah, but like, if you don't go above and beyond to even try hit me up, yeah. like you're not there for me. You like the thought of being yeah. there I'm not going to message you, no, like not, asking for no, help. But no, no, but, yeah, but, it's not, but it's not even one of those things. It's just yeah. like, but let's look at the hardcore facts. If I've never hit you up for that kind of thing, if I've never hit you up after, I don't know, like the classic one that we've all had, if I've never hit you up after a breakup, like what makes you think I'm gonna? You, yeah, but I would be there. There's, there's, there's that key word would. Yeah. yeah. You are taking from me. Yeah. Like you wow. think in an alter, like in an ulterior universe, you yeah. would be there for me. But it's like again, it's that there's a very clear distinction about value added and a perceived value added. Mm. And when I worked that out, it's like who is actually adding value to me? Clock is not a lot of people. It's it's, it's very easy. Yeah. And then you don't let your emotions like get to you because you continue and your, your compass is there. You're like, okay, that's done. Next task, I can see where I'm going. Yeah. People that get caught up in life are literally, as I said earlier, people that have no compasses because you're all just running around following whatever the arrow is pointing you at that moment in time. Oh. Facts. That's a huge gem. I feel like to round this off, can you give us like three... <laughs> Three is that is that cool? Is that a cool number? Yeah, yeah three, three is the, like three is the of, number. It's always three. <laughs> it's always three. Rule always of three. three. Three pieces of information or like three things that you think people should implement in their lives to further themselves or to grow or in in any way. I mean, number one is the the, the start of everything. Like, really sit down, and as stupid as it may seem from the start, like actually internalize and then say out aloud, like who you are what you want to do what you want to stand for a lot of people don't even start that first process because they're like i don't know who i want to be start at least having that conversation with yourself otherwise no there is going to be no one there whether it's your parents whether it's your partner whether it's a grandparent which are normally the ones that you get a lot of gems from none, of, none, none mm-hmm. of them are going to be able to tell you what you are going to do with your life yeah you can only then inspire people once you know what you're going to do with your life. Yeah. And you could, that, that, that's the one thing in life that you cannot get from anyone. And mm. life will not even give it to you. You have to ask life and it will reward you. Yeah, that's a big gem there. And then the second one, I mean, it's not just so as easy to say implementation. Like there, there are a multitude of things that affect levels of implementation, how effective imp- implementation can be, especially in a world full of noise. Speak for your, speak for your own, on your own experience. consistency like Mm. have values that you live by yeah like every single day this will get done regardless like and you start off very very small and you build up like like people could argue mine are over obsessive right now but it's like every single day a prime example last night i got the, the night before when i was with when i was with you guys and i was making my way home and stuff um and then i had a meeting with my team it's like that took the round trip like seven eight hours out of my day it's like my time is still had nine hours left and it was like nine o'clock i stayed up till six o'clock got it done because it's just like it's not about like i said the badge of honor it's consistency yeah and drilling that into yourself what do you mm-hmm. do the next day i'll you're going to be tired and i'm blessed to wake up the next day i'll work through being tired then i'll catch up with my sleep again do you know mm. what i mean so it's consistency in anything you do no matter how big how small if you get something down on your list get it done it's as simple as that like yeah. put prioritize your to-do list over anyone else's to-do list yeah. and three like which is i mean and by the way the the, the the first one's obviously in order the second one i know i guess they actually are in order third one never stop learning and that sounds very cliche and very vague i would say for people especially the young entrepreneurs listening to this 
reach out to people that one you don't even know but make sure and this is what my mentor as well said this morning when i was interviewing him reach out to people but you have to reach out to them having had done your due diligence you, you can't just reach out to someone and go i need cheat codes like, it doesn't work like that yeah. you need to have shown them that you are willing to work at a high level that you are capable to a certain extent and that you can at least speak their language or it be a design language a business language whatever a music language whatever you want to do a political language you have to show that you can add value to them mm -hmm. before you're even willing to get anything from them. It's exactly what I did for my mentor. I added value. I showed him a multitude of things. I also, for example, small things, like even from like my companies, I gave him stuff, I gave him value. I interviewed him for my platform this morning, gave him value. And then without even expecting anything, he then gives value back internally. Yeah. So it's just like number three is like ask, but I guess if I can have an overarching, make sure everything you do adds value. Well, yeah those are some like actually huge gems i feel, I feel like, like i've attended like multiple master classes yeah. over the past couple days and i feel like this podcast is going to be the one that people come back to a lot even me i'm sure I'll especially come back to it. me oh my god especially me especially me just coming yeah. back if i want to hear something about i don't even know whether it's crypto yeah. or consistency or motivation or fear i know i'm going to be coming back to this one yeah so cohen thank you for being an incredible guest yeah right. thank you for having me this is definitely better than the first one which i said it would be. <laughs> <laughs> which I said it would be. yeah but thank you for being an incredible guest and and blessing us with your time and your presence because you like more than, you're here but you're here thank you for listening to this episode of has to the podcast you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram, PazaSaotiWalk. And if you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you may be listening on to get notified when a new episode drops. I'm Sigline, and as ever, Liv and I will be back next month with a brand new episode. Bye for now.